just to echo what everybody's saying, Awesome Inc. is awesome. Honestly, you guys put the, the awesome in, in startups. And now you got an awesome fun. So you put the awesome and the fun in raising capital, right? What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Awesome Inc.'s podcast, where we highlight people pursuing their definition of, you guessed it, awesome. So buckle up and get ready for some more success story adventures and failures from Kentucky's tech and entrepreneur community. Thank you all for being here for Fellowship Demo Day, uh, Fall Edition 2023. Um, and we've got a lot going on today. So I hope uh, I hope you're, you have the ability to stick around in Lexington. Um, this is only kind of stop one on a tour day startup here in Lexington. We've got this demo day. We have a corporate innovation roundtable this afternoon that if you want to scurry and text some friends that are extra corporate-y and you want them involved, um, that's at 1.30. Uh, our fellowship companies are meeting together at 2 p.m. for a kind of closed door accountability and metrics meeting where we'll talk about the fun stuff and the not so fun stuff. The fellowship, some of the main things, the perks and the benefits that we offer are access to space, uh, which uh, interestingly and excitingly, so when you become a fellowship founder, you become a member here at Awesome Inc. 24-7 access, 365 days a week, a year. And uh, I usually get a laugh or two from the founders when I say the only rule is that you can't Airbnb our space. So you can come use it however you want. Just don't Airbnb it. Um, we have a whole suite of mentors uh, that are active and a lot come from the Hall of Fame. They like to be involved. Uh, a key aspect of the fellowship program is accountability and tracking goals and metrics together. Uh, and then one of my favorite things that we offer is uh, we have a designer, a videographer, and a developer on our staff that work for fellowship companies as long as they're in the, in the program for that year. Uh, and we have amazing legal and accounting partnerships through Dinsmore and Shoal and also DB Virtual Accounting. So these partners offer pro bono service hours to all of our companies as long as they are current in the program. These next few slides are just to illustrate that since 2014, we've been doing this for a while, measured by years, but also measured by logos. Um, and what is really powerful about this is that these founders that come through the fellowship program end up reinvesting their wisdom, their experience, and their networks for newer fellowship companies. So here you're starting to see some of the companies that are current in our fellowship program. And here are, uh, I guess this is a little bit of the unveiling of our newest companies joining the fellowship program uh, here today. So would you give all of these companies a bit of a round of applause, please? And then from a macro perspective of why this matters for our state is we're building the ecosystems here in Kentucky uh, and very deliberately tracking a few uh, favorite metrics, which are jobs created and investment raised. Fellowship companies, six months ago, I told you and bragged that they had raised $123 million. Well, since then, they've now raised about another, uh, another $8 million. And, um, and they've now also gone from creating 666 jobs for Kentucky to 708. So huge economic boost to our state. Could you give them a round of applause for that, please? One of the things I mentioned that we hold them accountable to metrics uh, and goals and expectations. Uh, this is a slide that I took directly from their onboarding. Uh, and so 
we create metrics documents for each company when they join. Uh, and it's where we track successes, failures, and, um, and in queues. So what we do is here's a real life snapshot of a former fellowship company, but we highlight green. It's a little hard to tell actually right here, but we highlight green, the goals that were hit. We highlight red, the goals that were missed. And we highlight yellow very rarely, the goals that are just still in progress. And it's, uh, the ball is out of my hands and into uh, a client's hands, whatever it might be, uh, specific to that example. Um, so the important thing here is that we make sure that we're working on the right things. The worst red metric is finding out that we were working on the wrong things for too long. Time is the essence for founders at this stage. And so uh, we want to make sure that we get better and better at setting right priorities. I mentioned to you that we have a lot of programs working together. Well, I want to revisit uh, these programs through the lens of being in the weeds um, and kind of rolling up our sleeves with these founders is it gives us the opportunity and the insight to work very closely with them, to know their character, to know their commitment and their ability to do what they say they're going to do when they say they're going to do it and to be resourceful, um, which we've mentioned this uh, before, but it's especially opportune now is that our newest program that we've added to the Awesome Inc. suite of programs is the Awesome Fund, which is a $5 million fund focused on investing in pre-seed and seed stage deals. And, uh, and we just count ourselves blessed by our own pipeline, I suppose, of getting to know founders at a really, really uh, intimate level and being able to track their progress over time so that we can make sound decisions uh, through this fund. Uh, we are closing the fund here at the end of this year. And so if you or someone that you know uh, would be interested in investing in regional startups here uh, in our state, then we'd love to hear from you. Uh, but until then, please pass along any great opportunities that you might see. Uh, we'd love that and we'd appreciate that. Yeah, thank you. <clears throat> um, and we're just a really blessed organization. And one of the ways is we've had amazing partners for, uh, for the entire time. Um, I especially want to dote on uh, Chase, who is today's sponsor of the Demo Day. So give Chase a round of applause, please. I can tell you honestly that uh, Awesome Inc. has become a client of Chase's ourselves. Um, and one of the ways that, uh, that we felt really great about that is I'll show you right now. Here's a photo from June 29th, 2016. And there's Edward. Everybody look at Edward in the middle of the room and give him a round of applause. So uh, Edward and his team have been committed to us for years. This is just my lazy attempt at finding the oldest photo. It might even go further back than that. Um, yeah, I, I knew we were close-ish. Um, but uh, here's a little glimpse into this week last year. So uh, the team did not just only grow by three. They come in droves every time. This is just a, a great photo of his, uh, him and, uh, and the Chase team. I also want to mention that suppose, apparently if you work with or for Chase, you just don't age. So, um, so you, all look, have, you all look the exact same since 2016, uh, which is not true for the rest of us. 
Um, so Chase, thank you all so much for being here, sponsoring today's event, and being uh, committed fans and supporters of Kentucky Startups. Um, we do have some other sponsors as well that I can't go as long into detail, but they are so valuable to us in, uh, for our programs. But here is a list of them. Um, and uh, again, this is, uh, this is just kind of like a we're blessed slide. So we're grateful and uh, we encourage anybody in this room to consider doing business with these groups. All right, let me get myself out of the way and uh, we'll start to introduce our founders. Um, and we're going to kick off the first batch of founders. These are companies that were oriented a year ago, uh, October 2022. Um, they've had some pivots. They've had some ups and downs. That is the nature of startups. Uh, they are resilient, though. Um, so we're going to hear from them as they uh, will start to phase out of the program. And uh, But, of course, they'll kind of step into a, a different role uh, within the program a little bit more informally, uh, perhaps as mentors, but certainly as connectors and supporters. And we're going to keep supporting them as well. So uh, with that, I will now give three minutes to my man Chris from Party Horses. Give it up. Um, before I start, though, I do want to thank everybody at Awesome Inc. It's been, I've known them before I were, we were in the program, but... Um, I always say I wish they were in Louisville and other markets that we have, but they do a phenomenal job. Um, if you're new to the startup ecosystem, there's not a lot of markets that have what Awesome Inc. has. So thanks to you guys for all that y'all provide. Um, once again, my name is Chris Weedmar. I'm one of the founders at Party Horses. For those not familiar with Party Horses, we are an uh, experiential brand creating art experiences, access, and most importantly, spirits, a.k.a. bourbon. So we, um, over the past 18 months, we've gone through ups and downs, as you said. Um, We've been sued by a Fortune 500 company, but came out stronger. We've, um, we partnered with Maker's Mark. So everybody that bought into Party Horses got, we did 10 different bottles with Maker's and everybody got a limited bottle with those guys, which was a lot of fun. And we had some really cool events and, and other things that you had to have access to. And so we're really proud of what we built. And so being that we started out in this kind of Web3 NFT world, we didn't know what we wanted to do next, but seeing the success we had online with our community and the people that really kind of moved towards the Maker's Mark piece, we had to figure out what we wanted to go next in, in what we want party horses to be. And so what we settled on was um, creating our own bourbon. Now, I know there's a lot of different brands that come out of Kentucky, but um, we were new to this. We didn't know what we wanted to do, but we were fortunate in the sense that we had a big group called Atomic Brands reach out to us and said, hey, we're big fans of party horses and what you guys have done. We play in the vodka space. We'd love to take a, um, a bourbon to market with you guys. And we were like, well, that's exciting. Someone actually knows what they're doing. Instead of just kind of, you know, we were kind of just trying to figure it out. But those guys came in and put up a lot of money, and uh, we'll have Party Horses bourbon that'll actually be on the shelves. Um, the first batch will be in December, and then we'll have another batch in January, and we'll be in about 10 different states at all your um, major retailers. So for us to go for something that we started, it was just a fun concept to kick around and do. Um, we actually have a business that comes to that. And so those guys will license the brand from us. We'll still have involvement with us, but we're really excited about seeing something that was just fun to actually be something that's tangible that'll be at a liquor store near you. You know, one thing that we learned... Before Atomic came on, I was tasked with, uh, my business partner gave me a couple million dollars and said, hey, go buy a bunch of four-year barrels of bourbon, go find a bottler, go find a labeler. And I'm like, okay, cool. We're in Kentucky. We're in bourbon country. Let me do that. And it was easy for me to find bottlers, labelers, sales reps, distribution reps, but to track down and actually buy barrels was the hardest thing. And I was just completely baffled by that. And I had the money. We were ready to go. But to buy four-year barrels even though there's a lot out there, it was actually controlled by a group of brokers. That's how this industry works. If you're trying a new brand, trying to get in the space that these brokers control the inventory. 
And so I didn't think much of it because we had this group of atomic brands come in and license our brand from us. But to me, it kept gnawing at me and gnawing at me. And so finally, once we did the deal with them and we kind of looked at it some more because of party horses, we've now fleshed out and spun up another startup called Hogshead. And our goal is to be an online brokerage and marketplace for barrel to barrel, um, bulk barrel transactions. So the beauty of this startup, of this startup was a, we've done what we wanted to do and we're going to market and having a, a bourbon on the shelves, but we're now actually able to spin off a second company that'll actually help people transact and buy barrels of bourbon to start. We'll move to other barrel aged spirits, whether it be scotch, tequila, rum, um, and help people on the B2B side as well. So at the end of the day, we've got some horses and hogs playing together. Um, if you've got any questions, feel free to reach out. Um, but once again, thanks to the awesome Inc. team. Um, you guys have been a great asset to us and help us get to where we are now. All right. Well done, Chris. Everybody go find Chris after this. Give him a fist bump. Say congrats on his success and wish him well uh, on what's next and help him in that. Jump in there with him, please. Next up, I want to introduce Kirk from Mini Grip. Kirk, come on down, man. Give it up. Thanks, Keith. Uh, Chris, you can put me down for a barrel. I'll tell you. Uh, my name is Kirk Sellenberg. I'm co-founder co of Minigrip. My partner, Bill, cannot be here today, but it's only fair because the last two demo days, I had lost my voice. So today I shoulder that, that demo. Um, let's see here. What is Minigrip? Well, it's a tool that helps you open those stubborn containers. That's what it is. Um, what makes it great is it's just got an extreme grip, right? It's patented. And that grip, um, if you take one out of your package, it'll stick up to a window. And that's really what helps uh, mini grip. So where are we today? Um, we've really grown. We've done a lot of sales. And we've sold over 70,000 units. Uh, we're both on our website and we're on Amazon. Amazon's doing really well for us. In fact, they contacted us and invited in us into their Launchpad program. The benefits there is we now have TV ads running on Freevee. Amazon bought IMDb TV, and they own Freevee. So we get free TV ads, and when those are running, uh, there's a lot of win in our sales. Uh, our, our reviews continue to, to grow. We're over 650 reviews, and we get a great feedback from our customers. We get emails. We have people doing things with mini grips, you know, changing out knitting needles, working on fishing lures, changing their oil, things we never even thought of. Uh, so that's been really, really great. And, um, you know, just Launchpad alone has been huge. Um, and that spills over into our website sales, which have been strong. On the challenges side, Facebook costs, advertising costs have been high for us, and it's been hard to scale. Uh, a lot of people really are comfortable buying on Facebook. It's one of the easiest platforms to sell. But those costs have just made it really hard for us to scale. Um, other channels we have um, are B2B. And B2B is promising for us, but B2B, some of our deals have just taken a really long time. So those sales cycles have been a little kind of harder than we expected and taken a little bit longer. But we have a lot of things that we're doing to improve, uh, to address those type issues. Uh, first, we make about a third of our revenue in Q4. Uh, Minigrip is just a great gift item. Uh, people do go crazy on social media for Minigrip. So we have a really good uh, uh, win behind our sales coming up. Uh, we're prepping for that with new content and we're also working um, just to get the inventory we need um, in, in stock. 
The biggest complaint we have um, or wish is for different sizes. Some people actually want smaller mini grips, some people want bigger. Uh, this one is now in production. We've talked about it for a while, but it's in production. Uh, we'll be getting that for Q4, and that's really gonna help address some of the other issues. Uh, it'll help our AOV, it'll help our um, top of funnel sales, it'll open up some new channels in Amazon for us that we don't have today, uh, and it'll help our LTV, so that'll help us recoup some of those higher advertising costs. Um, and then finally, um, we do have some fairly large B2B opportunities in the pipeline. They're just taking a little bit, taking a little while to come across, but we're working on uh, custom mini grips. So imagine profiles, let's say for collegiate giveaways, imagine helmet shapes, uh, football shapes, uh, Disney shaped characters, those type of things, uh, Corona shaped bottles those types of things. So we're working on some very custom, very neat uh, features that we, or benefits that we can add to Minigrip for B2B if they're interested in putting their brand on it. So those are in the pipeline. I can't announce some of those, but those are coming. They're just taking a little longer than we'd like. Uh, and uh, we also really have a lot of good feedback on the larger Minigrip XL, so we're excited about that. So that's where we are. Uh, we've really come a long way and we're excited and we're ready to kind of expand that brand a little bit, which I think will help us uh, get into the, you know, the retail and the big box down the road. So with that, I just wanted to say thank you uh, to the Awesome Inc. team, especially uh, Keith. He's been extremely helpful as our team leader, but also to everyone. And I will try to name names, but I might forget some. So, but, you know, thanks to uh, Hannah and Liam and Jacqueline for creating some of the content that they did. We actually have an ad running on free VTV that they created for us. Uh, thanks to Garrett, who's you know always out there and vocal for us. <laughs> uh, Kevin, Brian, who has helped connect us with some of the deals that we're working on. Um, so just very grateful across the board. Um, to Chase for sponsoring and supporting us and meeting with us. And also to Dinsmore, I think Tony's here today very helpful on our patents and on our operating, operating agreement and DAL at DV Virtual Accounting. So just very grateful to Awesome Inc. and appreciate the support. Man, I am impressed by the naming of names. That is a bold move and you nailed it. Um, cool. Kirk, big fan of you, big fan of Minigrip. We'll move on now. I want to introduce uh, Ross from Prep Sharp, who's already got part of his Halloween costume on, but you'll never know. Uh, we uh, competed in the five across competition like a year ago, and we lost to Minigrips. We got second, and then I was watching Plebes on Freebie, like, I don't know, last month, and then their ad came on, and I was like, all right, I'm getting trolled by the universe now. So <laughs> I'm glad that's working out for you, but, you know, just on my end, I didn't really appreciate it. Um, okay, so I'm a part of PrepSharp. Um, it's a tutoring platform for the digital age of tutoring that is kind of approaching right now. Um, we've been working on this idea since basically the start of COVID. Um, my small team and I uh, run a tutoring company, and um, basically, basically all of the... Uh, tutoring space from uh, all of our clients have been like face-to-face, paper-based tutoring, uh, ACT, SAT is all paper-based. It's really kind of behind the times as far as kind of switching into the digital age. And so when COVID hit, we had a big demand in tutoring and we also had a big demand in virtual tutoring. So we made a lot of our materials available online and we were just kind of expecting um, our, our tutors and our students to use it, maybe a couple hundred students a month. 
And very quickly, we saw our traction explode, and we were getting over 1,000 new users a day, um, and that's continued to grow. We've added to our repertoire. We've increased uh, our materials from just the ACT to include the SAT and the PSAT. Um, and currently, I think uh, this most recent month, we had 65,000 unique visitors. Um, so we're really kind of dominating the space as far as SEO traffic um, in paper, um, images, and as well as videos, which I'll get to shortly. Um, the biggest problem that we're trying to tackle is the imminent switch from the paper-based testing to the digital-based testing, uh, computer-based testing. So there's been a couple of times when the SAT or the ACT has kind of redesigned their tests and it kind of creates a shakeup in the market. Uh, tutors and students kind of scramble to find materials and things that they can use to kind of prepare for the exam. Uh, but this digital test is going to be a really, really big shakeup in the market. And it's going to kind of bring all the players in the space down to square one and kind of create opportunity to kind of create something that all the uh, tutors and students need. So that's what we've been designing for. Um, this switch is about to happen in March. It's going to be the first SAT that is completely digital. ACT we expect to be the end of the summer, but we're not exactly quite sure yet. So we've really been kind of, this is like a two, three-year process that we're really kind of gearing up um, for these coming few months. And so it's kind of an exciting time for us. Um, we're essentially designing a platform that is by tutors for tutors. Uh, the entire landscape, all of the players in the space really focus on parents and uh, students as the customer. And we really think that that's a big problem. We really think that the tutors are the customer. Uh, so we want to build the uh, loyalty of tutors. When a parent comes into a session and they ask, what do what I need? What do I need to get for my uh, kid? Uh, hopefully the tutors will be in that position to say, we need you to get prep sharp in order to kind of facilitate this tutoring. Um, and then parents generally just kind of listen to the expert in that situation. So we're kind of building that tutor loyalty. Uh, we've had a lot of successes over the last year. Uh, we've expanded the team. We've improved all the... Um, materials that we offer. We keep adding new stuff every day. Um, we've, we've done probably three iterations of the website. We're kind of running a new uh, website in parallel with kind of rebuilding the current website. A lot of problems with that. Um, that's mainly our biggest obstacle is this kind of web-based development, the time and the cost that it takes. Uh, we have a really great partner that we found, a coding developer, and we've been able to kind of produce more than we thought we could faster and cheaper, so that's been really good. Um, the biggest kind of uncertainty right now is kind of how the market's going to adapt to the digital-based testing. Um, the, there's not a lot of transparency from the SAT and ACT, so we're really just trying to kind of anticipate what they're going to do and then anticipate the needs for the kind of the new landscape and what that's going to look like. Um, and so the next few months are going to be really exciting as far as kind of getting this out there, starting to monetize, starting to test our pricing models, onboarding all of our 65,000 unique visitors a month to actual paying customers. Um, we would have loved to have already done it, but without kind of the test being digital, the stuff that we're trying to provide just really isn't ready for the market. So this is kind of like game day for us. And so we're really excited about, you know, where we go from here. So, thanks. Well done, Ross. All right. And then our final October 2022 company, I want to welcome and I'm going to ask you to applaud Corey with UJOIN. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thanks for coming out. And I say this every time, but I do sincerely want to thank uh, Awesome Inc. for the opportunity. I live in Paducah. This is where uh, my company's at. Um, if you don't know, it's, uh, it's a town in Kentucky. It's, or it's somewhere over there. My, I was living in Hawaii. I met my wife in Hawaii, and she abducted me and took me to um, Paducah. She said, are you willing to move to Paducah? I said, where the hell is that? She said, just, just trust me. Come on. I was like, all right, that's cool. So anyway, I, I really feel, uh, uh, you know, 
lucky to be a part of all of this. The, I was involved in the startup scene in Honolulu and they had nothing like this. This model is fantastic. And on top of it, the, the people are not just smart and helpful. They're also cool and fun and just, you know, care about you. So that part's really, really awesome. So thank you so much. So, um, I, my background is in nonprofits doing um, policy work, which, <laughs> you know, super, as soon as you hear the word policy, everybody just thinks party, uh, fun. So, uh, we're, we're, we're trying to put the, uh, the other F word fun into, into policymaking and, and uh, we're actually doing it. It's really awesome. Uh, these are our verticals. Uh, most of our customers right now are nonprofits, so they desperately need help in this arena, and we are perfectly positioned to help them. Uh, the, the workarounds from not having you join are terrible. Um, it's like, you know, just a, a frustrating headache for a lot of our customers. They want to influence policy. The, the startup tech sector in, in Kentucky needs also work on policy so that we have more resources and more money um, you know, coming into this nascent sector that if, if your state's not part of it and you're not growing it, you're going to fall behind. So there's examples all over the place and it's an emerging uh, market and we're going to be perfectly positioned for it. This is an example of the workaround where they say, Hey, everybody go copy and paste this email, go here, find out who your legislator is, paste it in the email, email them, tell us your email. It's, you know, we simplify all that. So um, you know, we basically build, help you build landing pages just like Eventbrite, but instead of RSVPing, you just punch in your information, you send your email, and it sends right to all your legislators based on your address or to whomever. Um, it's a big market. We're, we're, we do have customers in Australia and Canada, but we're really, those just come to us. We're focused on the U.S. market primarily right now, and we are obsessively focused on making our customers happy. That's what we're really, really, really really focused on and it's it's working you know the product is becoming mature it's becoming good we're really becoming competitive and um that's really exciting this is the business model um uh, on pricing these are some ways that we differentiate ourselves um the one that i think is most exciting is that um we're scale we're more scalable most of our competitors, they don't even list a price on their website. They make you schedule a demo and then they come in and they just blah, 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 blah. And then they say, by the way, what's your budget? And that this is, you know, it's probably a smart way to do it for enterprise level um, customers, but we are, we're, we're going after small and mid-market uh, customers. And that's really probably the biggest differentiator. And we have some other uh, things that make us different as well. We have some proprietary ways that we make sure our, our emails get to legislators um, we also have official partnerships with the House of Represent the Federal House and the U.S. Senate to make sure those messages are getting through. Um, and then, but we, you know, we have contacts from um, municipal all the way up to Fed to make sure these messages are getting through. Phone calls. We were the first company to implement video messages to legislators, um, which is cool. This is our team. Um, and really, uh, what's next is. Uh, now that we feel like we're starting to get towards product market fit, this is an example of one of our action pages if you scan that code. Um, we, uh, it's really kind of starting to feel like, okay, it's time to really kind of maybe put some fuel on the fire. Um, so that's really the next step. Our, our vitals are good. We have a less than 10% churn. Uh, we have a over $10,000 uh, lifetime value for customers. So um, it's really, we haven't put any money into to any kind of go-to-market. This is all happening word of mouth. We did go to our first conference. Uh, we sponsored two conferences this year and that has paid off. And um, so we're, we're starting to test that and that really is the next step.
so that's us. Thank you again uh, so much for everything. This, this, this community is so fantastic, and I hope that, to keep making it over here from um, uh, Paducah. That's the one. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well done, Corey. And uh, I'll get you to move here. Let's just get you over here now. Tell your, tell your wife I'll convince her. Um, well, bravo to October 2022 companies. We're going to transition now. So if you were here in April, six months ago, a uh, couple of companies that we introduced then, um, and we'll just get right into it. I want to introduce you to Roland with C2Key. Thank you, Keith. Just to echo what everybody's saying, Awesome Inc. is awesome. Honestly, you guys put the, the awesome in, in startups, and now you got an awesome fund. So you put the awesome and the fun in raising capital, right? Yeah, like getting capital. Uh, really appreciate being here. My name is Roland. I am the founder of C2Keep. And in walking up here, running up here, I realized I, I help drug dealers sell drugs more efficiently. This is true. Like, look at this. Since we launched, uh, we've helped drug dealers transact over 150,000 transactions. That's drug deals. Uh, way more efficiently, they've saved over 3,700 hours as a result. Um, and they've done this in a way that has helped them not get in trouble. So, yeah. When I say drug dealers, I mean pharmacists, okay? <laughs> I help pharmacists handle controlled substances uh, a lot more efficiently and legally. And the alternative to what we do is a logbook just like that. That's what I used at the pharmacies that I oversaw and in many other pharmacies that I've worked in. And this is still the norm today. Um, and when you do that, it's not very efficient and you run the risk of being non-compliant. And then when the DEA comes and finds you, right? So you're not dealing drugs efficiently, your pharmacy closes. And then the repercussion is uh, your community doesn't have access to pharmacists, local pharmacists, so you end up with the chains that haven't gotten the best sort of uh, reputation. Anyway, I'm not here to knock anybody. But what we've built is a software that integrates with existing pharmacy management systems and wholesalers. So instead of using a paper log, we now have a compliance web-based tool that's fully integrated. And of course, when you go digital, things are more efficient. And it makes it a lot easier to go through an audit. And I know this from personal experience. Great, great, great. That's where we, we differ. We've seen amazing growth. Uh, and you saw that earlier. Um, we've seen growth in pricing, in number of customers. We've kind of 4X'd from last year. We ended up with 16 customers. And by the end of this year, we're going to be about 85. We have 75 active users and a lot more that have agreed to use it. But, you know, drug dealers are slow adopters of new technology. I'm going to tell you that. If it ain't broke, don't fix it, is what they say. Um, and then what I'm excited for next year is, is with all the learnings we've learned is continuing to grow by taking advantage of our collaborators. We have the largest pharmacy management system that has come to the table to integrate. So this is going to be rolling out next year and it's going to increase access to uh, the customers we can serve really efficiently. We're partnering with state and uh, local advocacy groups and pharmacy associations. Yesterday, I just presented to the Washington State Pharmacist Association group, and then uh, we're attending conferences. Um, we have a little bit more capital to be able to do this now, so I'm excited to not just be operating C to keep from my attic. This should be fun. Go out and meet people. Here's our team. 
And uh, the one ask today I'll say is, you know, if you know a drug dealer, tell him about C2 Key and say, hey, these guys are out here doing amazing things and they can help you with uh, your operations. So thank you so much. <laughs> You never know what you're going to get with Roland, because if you were here in April, you might not even remember this, but I think you were calling your slide sexy or something, and it was like off the chain. It was, it was a little wild. And I'm also glad that you clarified pharmacists, because I think we're going to take the audio from this and make it into a podcast. <laughs> so anybody listening, if this ends up as a podcast, I'm glad that uh, you know that we're talking about pharmacists, or are we? Um, all right, I've got a tall task here now to represent Jennifer Williams for her. She couldn't be here today, um, but Jennifer is with Cartoonize My Pet, and, uh, and this has been a bit of a, she would tell you, and she gave me permission to tell you, uh, that they have hit some hurdles and run into some, some significant um, and maybe even uncomfortable learnings. So she has downscaled operations strategically, um, and she has uh, kind of put on the shelf the avatar making of your pet. Uh, but she's working very closely with some enterprise clients like Purina. Um, so uh, originally, Cartoonize My Pet was uh, an opportunity for you to create really cool swag uh, based on your, your most loyal loved one. Um, the avatar maker is strategically on the shelf, uh, but what is exciting and super cool is that she's generating three grand a month uh, from a deal with Purina, and the latest exciting development is that Sharina Netherlands is coming on board for another three grand per month. So a company that uh, by some measures you might say like, oh, well, shoot, are they a little bit down, a little bit out? Um, generating six grand a month um, with a couple of deals is really awesome. So that is a quick update from Jennifer and Cartoonize My Pet. And I'm also going to represent our next founder who is traveling in Asia uh, right now for his company. So Stevens uh, of Feed Coyote. Uh, Feed Coyote is all about connecting freelancers to team up and collaborate. And he's doing some awesome stuff. Mainly, Feed Coyote exists to help build your team, collaborate on projects, make more money together, which we can all get behind, and it has built-in productivity tools. Here's the slide that really matters is... Uh, Stevens is experiencing 180% month-over-month user growth. So his entire business depends on convincing freelancers that this is the place to be, and he is doing that. He's got 1,000 new users on, uh, on average each week across 120 countries. So um, that is pretty dramatic, and he's experienced. He's, you know, you're all my babies, but this one seems to be like Kentucky's He's just like on a tour day, Kentucky, winning competitions. He's got investment from Techstars, Keyhorse, Render, and Sprocket. And he's won all these competitions here listed at the bottom, including five across the Render competition more recently and Vote. So uh, that is an update from Stevens on Feed Coyote. He's got a strong team here. And he would love to hear from you, especially if you know freelancers, which statistically speaking, we all know many at this point. Um, okay, and there's his call to action. So uh, I can send these slides to you all, but he'd love to have you email him or scan that QR code. Which takes us to our last company that was introduced back in uh, April. I want to introduce you. Make some noise, please, for Isaiah with Smooth Creations. Well, hi, everybody. My name is Isaiah Kelly. I'm the co-founder of Smooth Creations. And just as a reminder, Smooth Creations is a custom sneaker business, primarily on the B2B side, customizing sneakers for um, organizations and enterprises. 
And so really our mission is to make custom footwear the number one outlet for corporate expression and employee rewards. And I'm happy to say within the past six months of being in the program, we've taken the right steps to do that. But first that, you know, starts with being able to learn and adapt as a founder. And so starting into this, our hypothesis was that we were going to sell directly B2B. We're going to target positions at mid to large size companies within the medical or tech industries. That was a lot of the traction that we were receiving at the time. And our sneakers are used as employee incentives and rewards. So we were going to go after head of sales, marketing leaders, HR directors, because those are positions at companies that are typically responsible for that. And we were going to target them through paid social posts and advertisements. However, which is a very good thing, we realized that that wasn't the most efficient way to go about things. It was difficult to be able to find the right person and then be able to um, convert them in an efficient rate. And so since then, we've been able to enter into the promotional products industry. It's currently valued at over $20 billion, but really the value of this industry is that 70% of the company swag that you guys see is from this industry. So this jacket that I have on, a lot of these awesome ink t-shirts that you guys see, it's typically from somebody in the promotional products industry. So the best way I can explain it is, let's say Pepsi, a company that we're working with right now, let's say they want 10,000 pairs of sneakers. Well, Pepsi has a contract with the distributor that provides all Pepsi worldwide, all their promo, all their swag items. And so Halo, being one of the largest distributors, they will then go to Smooth Creations, us, to fulfill and supply that order. And so now we have um, access to these Fortune 500 companies that were a little bit more difficult to be able to get on my own. And so since within the three months of being able to market within this industry, we've been able to generate over 76 different leads in our pipeline. We have an average of six new order inquiries a week that we're pushing down our sales funnel. And what's been really cool is that we've seen a large uptick in large order um, inquiries. So ranging from 1,000 to 20,000 pairs. And so one of our next biggest moves, one, is being able to partner with Sourceify, who's going to be our supply chain partner. They decreased our colleagues by more than 50% and have decreased our production and lead times by 30%. In addition, we'll be integrating into Fulfill Engine. And so this allows us to seamlessly integrate into any online swag stores. So what's been good is since we um, can produce one-offs or do print-on-demand, um, being able to get into online swag stores is another revenue stream for us. We'll be able to attend national and regional trade shows, which is how we were able to get our 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 leads and our pipeline full and be able to expand our reach. And then one of our goals is to be able to close out our pre-seed round. So once again, guys, my name is Isaiah Kelly. I want to thank you guys for showing up and of course the awesome Meek family to be able to be along this journey with me. So thank you guys. Well done, Isaiah. All right. Those are your April 2023 companies and, uh, and our, um, our, our shiny new startups to introduce uh, here in October starts now. Um, so we'll just get on with it. And I'll introduce Stuart and Ben. They're going to tell you a little bit about Guidebook. Give it up for them, please. Hey, I'm Stuart, and this is my co-founder, Ben. We're the co-founders at Guidebook. At Guidebook, we're building a platform uh, that's introducing modern digital technology to the outdoor uh, guided recreational sports industry, an industry that's really been left in the tech dark ages. Um, our leadership team is all guides or outdoor industry professionals, and we've all seen this following this uh, following problem firsthand. Guides are busy. They have absolutely no time. They're on out in the wilderness all day long with clients. When they get home at nighttime, they finally have an opportunity to sit down and manage the future of their business. Um, so what we're doing, uh, or, or maybe you guys, if you all have ever booked a fishing guide before, um, you might have figured out like, okay, where do I go find this guy? Then I have to call him, email him, text him, and then wait sometimes hours or days 
until they get back to you. Uh, in most industries, that would be unacceptable. But in the guide industry, that's just the status quo. So a guidebook, we're giving these guides uh, their own personal websites with all of the tools they might need to manage their business all in one spot. So clients can go and uh, find guides. They can communicate with those guides. They can check their schedules and see when they're available. They can book them on the spot, pay for them online, and then go out and have an awesome time outside. So today we're focused on the fishing industry. Uh, we have about 150 guides on board across 35 states and two countries. And in the future, we want to focus on the outdoor guided industry as a whole, which in the United States is about a $27 billion industry. Uh, so we're really excited about that. And that's Guidebook. All right. Ben Stewart, well done. Uh, our next company, I want to introduce Mandy with Non-Binary Solutions. Give it up for Mandy, please. Hi, everybody. Uh, my name is Mandy Ralston. I'm founder and CEO of Non-Binary Solutions here in Lexington, Kentucky. I've been uh, a 25-year uh, practitioner, clinician, specializing in the treatment of individuals with autism. Uh, I was one of the first 1,500 certified behavior analysts worldwide. I took my test on a, a Scantron machine with a number two pencil back in 2001 in Nashville, so thank you for your service. Um, and I sold uh, the second of two clinics that I built in 2019 to the fourth largest applied behavior analysis provider in the US. And since then, I've been making what I loosely term as a clinical co-pilot software for other service providers like me. So believe it or not, we now have autism at a rate of one in every 36 individuals. And uh, those board-certified behavior analyst service providers like me have grown 500% in the last 10 years. And over half of the entire field has less than five years of experience, right? So there's not enough old folks like me around to actually mentor or train them into not making all the mistakes that we make when we're very early young providers. And so this software is a way of sort of guiding them through that. Um, so yeah, we, uh, we've raised 150,000 last year on a safe note. We've got a soft circle for another 150 right now. We've got uh, three paying customers. We'll have $14,000 in MRR starting in November of this year. Um, and we have recently just signed a multi-state contract with a managed care organization uh, that is providing the insurance coverage for Medicaid uh, constituents with the CERB. So uh, again, thank you very much for your attention and thank you Awesome Inc for letting me come up here and talk. All right, well done, Mandy. And uh, we'll roll on to number three. Give it up for Eric and Waleed with Kindly Benefits, please. Thanks. You know, we drove Roland here today, which I realize makes us drug mules, I think. <laughs> so I'm Waleed Behuth, Eric Anderson. We're the co-founder of, co-founders of Kindly Benefits. Uh, our focus is hacking health insurance. And i uh, tell you a little bit about our origin story. And I was kind of inspired seeing uh, David Jones and Wendell Cherry up here on the Kentucky Entrepreneur Hall of Fame. And I'll just connect that to us for a second. So uh, for those of you all that, that don't know, they were the co-founders of Humana. Their origin story was meeting a law firm in Louisville probably 60 plus years ago or so um, and getting a business idea, jumping out of that law firm, getting very, very uncomfortable and kind of starting their own company. And about 50 years after that, Eric and I met at Humana down in the trenches. We were there each a, a decade plus um, and had a similar story. Got, a, got an idea and an itch to scratch around a business and decided to leave and hopefully one day form the next Humana. Uh, we learned a ton there. I think, you know, one thing that we really take away from our experience 
there, not just in terms of subject matter expertise around health insurance, was a strong set of values that guided everything that the that the company did, and also constant reinvention. Um, so our initial focus is on the the individual health insurance business, and our kind of an original idea of where we saw the biggest opportunity and challenge is in helping companies access health insurance uh, that can't afford it otherwise. Group health insurance is extremely expensive. We just passed the tipping point a couple of years ago in the U.S. where more people get health insurance individually uh, on their own than versus their employer. Most people think of kind of employer-sponsored health insurance as the standard, but when you add up Medicare, Medicaid, and the individual health insurance market or the benefit exchanges where our focus is, it's actually larger than that now. So we're building tools and resources to help people access those individual plans, both companies and individuals. Um, we pivoted early on from a pure B2B focus to now a direct-to-consumer focus, and that kind of brings us to our ask right now. We're about to launch a pilot with the state of Kentucky and the Cabinet for Health and Family Services in particular to help Kentuckians access affordable health care, those qualified health plans or benefit exchange plans, Obamacare. It's got a real branding issue right now. <laughs> That's one of the things that we're working on. Um, but they're a great solution for most people, and we've built an application called Kind Choice that really shortcuts the process, the state government process that today takes at least two plus hours and the help of an agent to navigate down to about five minutes um, to help people find an affordable, no cost plan um, most of the time with heavy subsidies from the federal government. So we're running that pilot for the next few months. We're very excited about that and what that means for our future and uh, hope you all will, will come along the ride with us. Thanks very much. Gonna stop that. All right, great job, Walid, Eric, and uh, last for the day, certainly not least, would you please give a loud round of applause for Allie Trubman as she comes down the middle to tell you about Wicked Technologies. Well, with every awesome party, if you don't start with bourbon and end with incontinence, I don't know if you're living. <laughs> I'm here to talk to you about incontinence. Yes, that's right. I'm Allie Trutman. I am the inventor of the Wicked Smart Pad. We've created the first of its kind, a washable and sensorized incontinence pad that detects moisture in real time and alerts a caregiver of that moisture event within seconds. I'm very fortunate to say that we've been funded by the National Institute on Aging for about a half a million dollars and been awarded a state match. So we've been able to execute our pilots um, at assisted care facilities, namely Atria Senior Living up in Great Neck, New York, where we deployed 50 pads recently and had 16 residents sleeping on the Wicked Smart Pad. I'm happy to report that we have ended that pilot and have three more lined up right after it because the results were so great. All right, that's so, yeah, thank you, thank you. Of course, that comes with challenges, right? We're already um, iterating version two of this pilot and this pad. So some of the things that we're interested in are the incontinence response rate of each individual facility. That is very valuable for a number of reasons, namely because of the resident's quality of life. So I'm interested prior, uh, primarily in the resident quality of life because the pad itself was designed with my grandmother in, in mind, who also experienced incontinence-related bed sores before she passed away. So that's very important. In addition, the care flow that is existing right now is just a two hour manual check of each resident as they're laying in their urine and that is very uncomfortable. It creates a lot of inefficiencies in the workflow process and it creates major liability for the community itself. So I'm hoping to address this $39 billion um, market problem with the Wicked Smart Pad and I'm excited to be a part of the Awesome Inc. Fellowship and keep you guys informed along the way. 
Thank you so much. Well done, Allie, and uh, we're rooting for you. Um, ladies and gentlemen, please give it up for all of our founders, please. They're all building really cool and needed things. Uh, we're excited that they're coming from Kentucky right here. Um, and um, my goodness, there's a lot of firepower in this room. So I hope that you will take your time leaving. Be curious about each other. Uh, introduce yourselves. I know we've got some boot campers in the Awesome Inc. U boot camp that are here. Um, so I definitely uh, encourage you all to shake some hands and... Uh, and uh, bump some fists. So uh, take your time leaving. I know we've got a corporate innovation roundtable at 1.30. If that's something that you were not familiar with, but you are now and you'd like to learn more, um, flag me down. We'll make sure that you can get in that room uh, if that's uh, appropriate and beneficial for you. And uh, at two o'clock, all of the founders that you just got to see will be meeting upstairs uh, for kind of a closed door metrics and accountability meeting. Um, and then this evening, five o'clock, you know it, is Five Across Entrepreneur Pitch Competition over at the Student Center at UK. So uh, please uh, enjoy yourselves, leave slowly. I think we might have more chicken tenders back there. Take them home, do something with them. Don't let me take them. Um, thanks for being here, bye. Well, that's it guys. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Awesome's Podcast. And another quick thank you to Lee Rosevere and a few members from our community who provide the music that you hear in this show. Lastly, give us a follow on Instagram, Facebook, all that jazz, or even better, come on down to our space. Come be a part of our community and get plugged in and let's start something awesome together. You guys rock. We'll see you next time.